Well, hello everyone. This is your host, Teresa Parker, and you have found Soup Pod. I'm doing this outside in our brand new greenhouse, so if you hear things like wind or birds chirping, it's not much different than me being in the house talking to you, except for maybe the wind part. But if you hear extraneous noises, as always, just ignore it and pretend you're just sitting here chatting with me outdoors or something. <laughs> That'd probably, probably be the best thing. Um, well, let's see. Haven't uh, haven't talked to you guys since December. Uh, Christmas came and went. All good. New Year's. All good. I had a birthday. All good. And now we're into spring where out here at the Bellicose Ranch, we've just got nothing but birds and, and flowers going crazy. I can see my dog walking around the greenhouse where I'm recording this right now. It's kind of funny watching her walk around. She can't get to me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so great. I can see her, but she can't get in here. Not that I'm trying to keep her out. I'm not, but you know, the noise level is probably not good. Um, so I'm going to talk to you guys about something that's kind of interesting, at least for me. Um, I'm interested in all things paranormal. I like mysteries, especially. Oh, and the wind is blowing and making the atmosphere even better. See, <laughs> I love that. Anyway, um, I'm into ghosts. I've seen plenty in my day. Um, I'm into aliens because I'm pretty sure we've been visited. And if we haven't, then a lot of people are mistaking things that are mysterious and the government isn't copying to anything. So they recently did, but we'll get into that. Maybe, maybe I'll remember to get into that later, but, uh, okay. So you got that. And then there's Bigfoot. I'm really into Bigfoot. Um, I believe that they exist, but I've never seen one. I can only take the word of people that I both admire, like, and trust. And I've been told that they do exist, so I'm going to believe that until I know different. Because they're, you know, finding animals every day. They're discovering new animals every single day. I might be full of bullshit there, but I think it's often enough to where if it averaged out, that's probably what it would be. Um, we lose as many um, animals, unfortunately, through extinction as we do discoveries. we got to hurry up and make more discoveries, I guess, more so than the losses. But uh, there's a particular show that I like to watch, and it's a, it's a newer one. Um, it's only been going on now. This is the third year. It's called Expedition Bigfoot. And it's on Discovery and Discovery Plus, I believe both. Um, Paramount Plus, no, not Paramount Plus. I think, well, I watch it on Discovery Plus, which is a streaming, um, you know, way to watch. And uh, so... The first year they were, uh, and if this bores you because you don't like this paranormal stuff, man, click off. I, I won't, I won't, I won't feel hurt. I promise you, I won't feel hurt. So, they started up in um, Oregon, mid Oregon, uh, mid to East Oregon, and uh, in this small section, 
And, you know, they did pretty good. They got some good evidence. But, you know, like Finding Bigfoot, that television show that went on for a lot of years, nobody's ever finding anything. Um, they're finding a lot of extraneous uh, evidence and, you know, um, stuff that scientists cannot use to categorize a new animal. Anyway, and then so second season came along, and that one was even better. That one, went, they went down to, uh, I want to say... Blue Ridge, Kentucky. And then they came back up to the Pacific Northwest. It's like they were partly down there, and then they went up the... They cut up the second season into two locations. The Pacific Northwest being um, the the peninsula uh, up there, Olympic Peninsula, which if you know your geography at all, um, it's water on three sides of it. And, uh, it's very, um, uh, it's not jungly cause it's not subtropic or anything like that, but, um, it's very rainforesty and, um, some areas can get a ton of rain obviously up there. And, uh, it's just, you know, uninhabited, the majority of it. It's so wild. And anyway, for some reason... They've gotten just tons of Bigfoot sightings up there. And they, there's something called the Olympic, Olympic Project. It's a bunch of guys and probably women as well who um, have done nothing but try and find Bigfoot in the Olympic Peninsula. So they call it the Olympic Project. And, and they've done a lot of good searching out this area, including, um, you know, doing DNA and everything. And I don't know if, you you know, if you don't know anything about this particular subject, you have to understand they've gotten plenty of DNA. The problem is they haven't got, um, like the, like with the hair, I don't think they've gotten enough hairs to get the mitochondrial, uh, DNA out. I could be totally bullshitting right there too. Something to that effect where, you know, they can get hairs uh, but, you know, they don't yield a lot unless you get the, the root. And so they're still looking for that elusive um, piece of evidence. Um, they need much, much more of a, a body or a part of a body or a, a large part of, you know, flesh or something like this to get the DNA. But uh, what they have found when they do test the DNA for what they do find is that it's almost all human DNA except for some chimp DNA. And this this particular program, um, Expedition Bigfoot, has a uh, uh, primatologist on the team. She's one of um, two other gentlemen um, that are on the team. And uh, so it's, there's three of them. And then there's the fourth guy, so three guys, one gal. The fourth guy, he's he's more like a spokesman. And he does a lot of stuff um, talking at witnesses. He's not in the field as much. That's what I'm trying to say. The others are. He monitors everything and keeps everything going. And I'm sure he's basically being their eyes and ears, the producer's eyes and ears. And so um, uh, they collected... DNA down in, in Kentucky, or wherever that was. I'm pretty sure that's where it was, Tennessee, Kentucky, somewhere down there. 
And uh, that's their, their actual DNA sample that they got from, I think it was, uh, hair. Oh, no. I think it might have been eDNA. And that's another uh, uh, phrase. eDNA, environmental DNA. What they do is they will take dirt samples from underneath what they believe to be, let's say, um, Bigfoot nests or purported or, or possible Bigfoot nests, and they'll take the 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 um, samples of the dirt around the area where the animal would be laying, and then they do DNA tests on it, and they'll find other things in there, of course, including even humans, maybe. But the, what they find is is in this case, it was either a hair, or it was eDNA, and they found um, almost all human DNA except for chimp, but it was a specific kind of chimp, bonobo, bonobo, bonobo. Bonobo, something like that, um, which was very interesting because, you know, we don't have primates other than us humans here in North America, native. So not like we're native. We're not even native here. We're, we're well, I'm talking about the white people. Well, I'm talking about everybody who's not Native American <laughs> is not native here. Which is interesting. It is an interesting thing because the Native Americans actually considered this giant of a creature to be the brother of the forest. You know, the the keeper, the the watcher, the their brother, their brother, their other brothers. You know, of another basically a, a tribe. Um, I don't think the Native Americans had a great time with them. Honestly, I think they just stayed clear and vice versa. Because really, let's face it, uh, there was no harm that could truly come to the Native Americans. Uh, I mean, you can maybe get one arrow into the beast, but the second one will not go. And because it will be on you, and that will be that. So I think they learned to ex- respect each other, stay out of each other's hair, as it were. But uh, so anyway, <clears throat> I'm watching this show, right? And they're now they're into season three. And I just want to bring something up. The reason why I talked about the other genres, if you will, of the art and the science of, of looking for things, mythical things so far, is, or paranormal things. The, the paranormal just is like we don't understand it. That's why we call it paranormal. So, you know, um, this season three came up with something um, which made me to want to talk about it. It came up with something interesting, and that was... Um, Okay, in two instances, I'll try and preface each one. The first instance, it was uh, one of the guys. He does most of his stuff separate and by himself, alone. He is an ex-military dude, survivalist type. So he takes a cameraman, one or two cameraman men with him. And they just walk all over hell and coordinate with producers what to do and all that stuff. While they're walking, oftentimes what he does, this guy's name's uh, Russell Acord, A-C-O-R-D. And what oftentimes he will do is he will actually start tracking an animal or an animal will start tracking him, one of the two. Something will happen like that and then he'll be walking around this particular, you know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of acres, right? I mean, we're talking thousands of acres in this one particular area that they pinpointed. And uh, in this one particular time, they were down in what I would consider to be a, uh, it was a deep river at one point. 
now it's just a small, you know, foot tall thing, you know, uh, with the sides of both sides of the, of the river, I would say were very steep and straight up. They were walking along, he and his cameraman were walking along the, um, riverbed on the dirt and, uh, they heard a trig snap or something up above, not above them, but across the river and above the opposite side. And the camera catches, the cameraman catches a very obvious shadow of a very obviously stand person standing on two feet, walking on two feet, a bipedal. And if the camera had been facing this subject, the subject would have been moving left to right, but because we're watching it in its reflection, or, yeah, I guess, in its shadow, we're watching the shadow itself. We're not watching the individual move. We're watching the shadow on the wall of the side of the person that's walking. So, in other words, you see a shadow moving right to left as we're looking at the wall. If you were to turn around, you may have seen a uh, a subject up on top. But the reason why I don't think you would see a subject up on top is because if the subject was on top and the light hit it and it was, say, a good 60, 70 feet away, I mean, I don't know, it was pretty far. Um, would this would this shadow be the same size as a man? I don't think so. Isn't it where... I mean, I would have to do an experiment to know for sure, honestly. But it seems to me like the the uh, uh, the shadow should be bigger than a person because it's casting far away. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's going to be smaller. But anyway, my point is, that's what I was thinking about it. But my point also is, why... Why do people assume, why would that person assume that that was someone walking on the ridge above when it more than likely is either going to be very much smaller than a human or very much bigger and not the same size? Because of the difference, the distance between the two subjects. The light was coming down into this culvert, not culvert, riverbed, uh, but it was so steep, so steep on both sides, it made it look like that was a raging river once upon a time, and a deep one at that. And so, uh, I, I saw that, and they just assumed that someone was stalking them. There was a Bigfoot stalking them. Now, it did, hunch, it was kind of hunched over, but to me, it almost looked like it it moved and kind of like stopped. I don't know. It moved like an apparition. I guess that's what I'm getting at here. For me, it didn't move. I've seen them, and 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 I've seen them. I've seen other people's renditions of them. You know, videos and stuff that purported to be true, and it moved like an apparition. Okay, cut to, and okay, let's finish this. So the guy didn't know what it was, and they weren't sure, and they thought that the beast was actually stalking them from above, but. He got out of that area eventually, and there was no explanation, so we don't know. So the second, <laughs> the second instance is way, 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 way more freaky and way, way, way more paranormal. 
way more. Okay, so one of the dudes on in this expedition, um, his name is Ronnie LeBlanc, and uh, uh, he does his investigating with the uh, the primatologist. Her name is uh, Maria Mayer, I think. Mayora, something like Maria is her first name. And, uh, you know, she's discovered, actually co-discovered the smallest primate, primate in the world. Teeny tiny, they call them finger, finger uh, monkeys, because that's how small they are. So this lady has studied, you know, primates in the jungle. She has been around apes. She's been in deep, deep jungles in the middle of the night. She's done it all, right? So she and this guy, Ronnie, they hang out together. And do the investigation. Where's the other guy go solo, like I said. So they're they're on this riverbed. And they're going down it. Um, let me back up. They go down this riverbed in a kayak. Because they want to be able to... I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, whatever. They're doing their investigation. Go down the kayak. And they see... They stop because something interesting catches their eye. So they stop and pull the kayak up. And they look out in the middle of this river. And you can see almost like a very rudimentary you know not even as smart as as the very ancient first people you know because they were very smart on how to do things but with no technology of course this was this what was what what they saw was something very interesting it was it was what i would consider and probably they did too uh like some sort of a th fish catch in the middle of the river rocks around it with sticks sticking up, so when a fish got in, it wouldn't necessarily figure out how to get out, and then they could go down there, and they'd have, you know, lunch or something, dinner. So, they see this, and they think it's real interesting. So, they stop, and they're standing around or whatever during this course of this one episode, and all of a sudden, rocks from the top of the, and it's tall. It is straight up on the other side. A lot of these rivers are like that. They're like massive, you know, sides of them just Really, really what I'd consider to be straight-up walls. This one looked like it was about 100 feet up. Easy. Easy. And I, I wasn't there, and I don't, I'm not, I don't have, I wouldn't have any way to really truly gauge it. But so they're sitting there, and there's these rocks being pushed over the edge. They can't, they can only hear the rocks when they hit the water and tumble down or whatever. They don't see what's doing it. They do catch glimpses of maybe some movement up there. Which makes them think, what the hell, you know, is, is Bigfoot up there pushing rocks on us? Because we're, because here's what happened. They ended up putting their campsite near this fishing catch location. Rudimentary at that. And, uh, you know, from then on, they're kind of, they're kind of being told off, you know, by who, whatever's up on top, pushing, pushing rocks over. It doesn't make any noise. It's not yelling or screaming or anything like they do. But this particular thing is just, like I say, pushing rocks over and kind of scaring them a little bit, making them nervous. So one particular night, they've got their flashlights out, and shit's happening again. There's rocks being pushed over the edge and falling into the water. And they get their camera out, and the cameraman just happens to catch what I would consider to be extremely tall extremely lanky shadow or and or shadow figure and or apparition 
all the same in my mind. The first one, not, but the other two. Shadow figure and apparition, same thing. A shadow person. That's what it looked like to me. Again, looked like a shadow person. This Ronnie LeBlanc, he believes that uh, Bigfoots can uh, cloak, basically hide themselves, like they have some sort of ability within their body to hide themselves, which I do not believe. I don't think flesh and blood can do that. Um, that's not entirely true. Uh, you know, chameleons can do that. They can they can go to the color of whatever they're on, and, and there are probably a few other animals that can do those sorts of things. I know octopus can, and, you know, but... Cloaking, flat out cloaking, seven and a half foot tall, you know, eight, 800 pounds, thousand pounds, whatever, have big ass person and bipedal and, and somehow it can mask its, its heat signature at will. I don't believe that. I don't believe it at all. More than heat signature, just flat go indivisible, invisible. I don't believe that. I think that's totally wrong, but, you know, I'm willing to entertain the thought. But my point about this whole, what I'm talking about here, is that why can't, okay, I have said this for a very long time, and this is, not, this is some interesting stuff here. Um, I was sitting on my porch. I've talked about this here on these podcasts. I'm sitting on my porch one night, just myself and my wife were just sitting there. She gets up to go to the bathroom. And I'm still just a sitting there doing a whole hell of a lot of nothing. Literally. Relaxing in a chair, looking outward. We're on the porch. It's dark. It's, uh, if I had to guess, I'd say it's about 8, 7.30 at night. You know, it's it's dark by then. So I don't know what time of year it was. I don't remember. It was um, probably spring-ish, I imagine. Because uh, we were sitting on the porch and oftentimes we will do that during spring so that we can get glimpses of all the birds as they come to our water source and I want to take pictures. So oftentimes that's how we do it. And maybe it had been warmer that day. I don't know. Maybe the wind had been blowing. We were just sitting on the porch. Sometimes we'll do that. The wind blows. We, we get up on the porch. So no rhyme or reason for why we were sitting there and not somewhere else. Because had we been anywhere else, I would not have seen it unless it wanted me to, unless it was trying to let me see it. But I saw, drumroll, for those who don't know, I saw an absolute, true life, real deal, genuine light orb. Um, back in the day when Ghost Hunters came on the scene and it was a cottage industry to be a ghost hunter and all that stuff. And that was when we got all involved in it, um, knowing about people. You could really do this sort of thing? You know, it sort of inspired us to do it. Well, they would always, those folks would always say, you know, there's, real orbs are very rare. And I do believe that real orbs are very rare. Most people, most people think that orbs are uh, bug, bugs flying in the air and or dust particles. You walk on a carpet of any age at all, in fact, it doesn't have to be old, but you walk on a carpet, you have some light behind it, you're going to see all kinds of little sparklies. And it's just dust being kicked up. Not what I saw. This thing <clears throat> was a good three, four inches in diameter. It was orange. It flickered. Like half the light flickered dart as it moved. I saw it straight on as orange, and then, and then as it moved, it flickered. And I saw it for just literally a second or two. Long enough to go, holy crap, I just saw an orb. 
a real one. I can't believe it. What the hell was that? You know, type of thing. And uh, so oftentimes these Bigfoot hunters experience orbs out in the wild, in, 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 the, in the forest. And a lot of people equate Bigfoot with the orbs. I don't understand that. That brings me back to the other part of what I want to talk about is that that Ronnie LeBlanc thinks that a Bigfoot had cloaked. They saw it, the Bigfoot in the shadow, that it was in the process of cloaking till it disappeared. Well, technically, the light hit it really brightly and it did disappear. That's how it disappeared. I don't believe what he said for a second. And he believes in orbs, too, he thinks. But he thinks orbs are associated with Bigfoot. I actually don't. I don't. I think orbs are associated with spirit activity. And uh, and so um, I, I really believe that, that, that uh, we're talking about... Um, We're t- we're talking. Sorry, uh, slightly interrupted there. We we're, we're talking about um, you know, energy that's in the forest. Irregardless, that's not a word. Of uh, Bigfoot, maybe they're keeping tabs on Bigfoot. For all I know, I don't know. I don't think they're one and the same. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't think the shadow figures are ghosts. I mean, I I think they're ghosts or and or you know apparitions of previous people i don't think i don't think that they are bigfoot cloaking i don't think the orbs are bigfoots big feet somebody who's really big in in the bigfoot world is a guy named ron moorhead ron moorhead m-o-r-e-h-e-a-d i believe i don't think it's m-o-o-r-e i don't think it's like that i think it's just m-o-r-e um in the early 70s, he started going up into the Sierras, which basically would have been, you know, probably a few hours from where I lived, grew up Modesto, but central in central Sierra, they would go up, he and his buddies, and they started experiencing these Bigfoot. And he believed them to be flesh and blood because he was out there with them, and years went by. That was a long time ago. His opinion hasn't stopped about whether or not there actually are Bigfoot, but what he's changed, because he happened to see some sort of a an anomaly in the forest, he's changed it to maybe they are energy as well. Like not flesh and blood. There's something else to it. He said he claims he saw something like a light rod as opposed to an orb, which would be long and skinny. He said he, he and his wife were just sitting somewhere camping or something, and they just saw it moving through the forest. Why do we all assume it's Bigfoot? Why does Bigfoot need to change forms? How could a flesh and blood animal, seven foot, thousand pounds, bruiser, <laughs> king of the forest, why does he need to be a rod or an orb? I'm just asking the questions, but I think the answer is he doesn't. I think those are two separate entities. You can believe in both things separately. That they're not one and the same. I, I really, I, this is the whole thing I wanted to talk about. I'm into all that stuff. And some of them say, oh, even, you know, uh, uh, 
flying craft have been seen in and around bit when Bigfoot has been seen. Well, I don't know. Why are these things, why do they all have to be connected? I don't think that they are. Well, at least I don't think the ghosts, I don't think the spirits, I don't think the the orbs, whatever, light anomalies, I don't think they're connected. They could be connected in proximity, like maybe they're Native American energy. Just keeping an eye on the forest, who, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. But why do we have to assume that they're one and the same? I think that's silly and wrong and kind of, you might think my opinion is narrow-minded, but how narrow-minded do you have to be to think that everything you see and hear out in the forest is Bigfoot? Because it ain't. <laughs> Perfect example. I watched this show the other day about monsters in the, in the I don't know, something about monsters anyway. And this dude, he was a hunter, and he always was hunting. And Constantly after work, you know, after, you know, weekends, everything. So he goes out there and, he, and and a couple times he sees what he thinks is something called this something monster devil thing, whatever. And it's neither a Bigfoot. It's not a dog. Some weird thing in between. There is a thing called a dog, man. This is a whole different podcast. That would take some time to even get to that. But, uh... This is something else. Anyway, and many in this area have seen it. Um, I can't remember exactly where it's at, what state. Eastern, southern, for sure. Anyway, so this guy says he's had an encounter three times. Two times he didn't see anything at all. He just smelled it. And everybody says Bigfoot definitely has a smell. It's more putrid than any other animal in the forest. Bears, uh, coyote, uh Big cats, they all have their own smell, right? A big fat Bigfoot is said to be the worst and, and, and the most gross. <laughs> You'll know it when you smell it, from what I understand. So this dude who who is, you know, a hunter and finally, you know, makes himself go back into the into the forest after his first incident when he actually saw something. Well, the dude is a skeptic who's the dude on this particular program um, who was the, the one of the hosts, and he ends up putting two and two together and because he, he gets some witnesses who said, oh, yeah, my grandpa shot one of them things. Oh, really? Yeah, got the pelt right here. Oh, my God, you're kidding. Can we look at it? Yeah, got the, the skull right here, too. Pulls out both things. Turns out it's a red wolf. <laughs> it's just a red wolf, and they're in declining numbers in the U.S., and... Uh, they're very distinct. They almost look like a gray wolf mixed with a coyote. Very different looking. Not like the big, strong, husky ones, you know, that those other type of wolves, the bigger ones. So they took a little piece of the, uh, they allowed, the guy allowed them to take a little little piece of, of the, the pelt that he had. And because the guy was, uh, the host is a biologist, he pretty much told him, he goes, I think this is going to be a red wolf. And it was. And, uh, they took that guy, they took that guy to a red wolf sanctuary and said, you smell that? <laughs> yeah, I smell that. Whoa, that's, that's it. That's the smell. That was the smell he was equating to this mythical creature. 
the reason why he was scared to go in the in the forest after that first time he did make himself go but he was scared and he told this story to everybody how he came in contact with this beast this unknown mythical beast three times well turns out it wasn't no mythical beast it was just a red wolf and it hadn't and it wouldn't have been even figured out if it hadn't been for that biologist and being in the right place and all that stuff anyway long story short you know you got to have skeptical people. You can't just assume things are the way they are. And I, I, I can't assume things are the way they are either. I, I realize that. But I'm just putting two and two together from my ghost hunting experience. How apparitions, um, they like energy. Ghosts like energy. So when you're in the forest and you see an orb or an <laughs> in Ron Moorhead's case, uh, uh, a rod, wouldn't you just kind of assume maybe they're coming to check you out because your body's made of energy? I mean, why do you have to assume it's a Bigfoot? That seems silly to me. See, this is a subject I'm well adept at, at least to talk about. <laughs> That's why it's taken me so long to talk about this. I just think I really believe, I really believe that those... What they're seeing in that expedition Bigfoot in those last two episodes, they are seeing apparitions, not cloaking freaking Bigfoots. <clears throat> That's just my opinion on the subject. <clears throat> yeah, pretty cool, huh? Pretty interesting stuff. You should check it out if you haven't seen that show. Start from the beginning, though. Start from the beginning and binge watch it. You'll, you'll, you'll get into it. It's pretty interesting where they've been, what they've been doing. All of the the scientific stuff that they're doing, clearly they haven't discovered Bigfoot yet because we would have heard about it regardless of a show. They wouldn't wait for a show, I don't think. I really don't think so. They put together some sort of a special and get everybody to watch and make a big splash of it. But I don't think they'd be able to keep that quiet. Um, so watch from the beginning all the way through to the current. And every, every uh, Sunday is a new episode. So you can uh, finish out uh, season three uh, this year because it's going on right now. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, I love ghosts. I love looking for ghosts. But every time I've ever seen one was when my mind was not actively trying to find one. And every crazy thing that's happened to me out here at the at, the, at our ranch, same thing. Just my mind was blank doing nothing, just sitting there. That's something happened. Almost every single time. No, I can say every single time, pretty much. Every time. Why do I keep saying that? Every single time. The only time I saw a ghost dog where I was actually in a place looking for ghosts um, was uh, at this one particular place. And um, uh, it was a business. It was closed at nighttime. We were in there at night. And I wasn't in that moment looking for anything when I saw it. I really wasn't. My mind was on navigating in the dark <laughs> more than anything that's weird i know but so i don't know that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking we need uh uh to think outside that box of that paradigm of first off for everybody who believes in bigfoot not to instantly believe that you know orbs have anything to do with them other than they're attracted to the energy of them and that shadows are not them cloaking. That that's just how I feel about it. I don't believe that. I what I saw in the footage was very large. 
very large. It looked really big, not like man size. It was huge. And that's what made me think that it was an apparition because they don't come in human size oftentimes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Jay saw one here, half of the whole body of a person. And it was life-size. Um, everything I've seen have been has been life-size. But black apparitions, sometimes they don't have to be. <laughs> I've heard stories of them being quite large. And then again, maybe both things were legitimate shadows. That these people are purporting to be something else. I don't know. They don't know what it is. I know that. But... They probably have their ideas on it, and the one guy for sure has his. He, he wants to say it's a cloaking Bigfoot. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much what I wanted to talk about. It's an interesting subject. If you guys are interested in in this, you know, contact me over Facebook, because I'll talk your ear off on this shit. Um, yeah. So uh, that's what I got today. Uh, otherwise, all is well uh, here at the Bellicosa. We just bought and had delivered this really nice one-piece uh, greenhouse. That should be fun this spring and summer, growing stuff. And I'm hoping to grow stuff in, into the fall because of, you know, needing um, a warm space. And, and, wind, and it's really windless, even with the windows open. I, I'm not getting a lot of wind in here, which is really, really nice. It's, it's breezy. I mean, it's, it's uh, nice and cool inside. I've got 72 degrees inside this greenhouse. I don't know what the temperature is outside in the sun, but it's beautiful. It is just gorgeous in here. And like I say, the, the air is not rushing in. And uh, even though I have uh, door, the door, uh, the door slides, the slides on the doors uh, both open. So can I have a lot of fun with that? Um, in a few months, July, the movie I was in will be out. And uh, I sure as shit hope I'm, I'm in it. I tell people, I've, I'm going to feel pretty gosh darn embarrassed if I'm not in it. It happens. It does happen. You can shoot. You can be the star of something and they can somehow get you out of it. So I certainly wasn't that. So they definitely could get rid of me if they wanted to. Um, I hope they don't. But uh, that's coming out in July. The name of it is Nope, if you want to look it up. Um, that brilliant director, Jordan Peele, wrote and directed it. And what a guy, I'll tell you. Such a such a wonderful human being. He is very kind to me, he and his producer, Ian Cooper. I'll let you guys go here. Um, I hope you had a nice time listening to my stupid story about Bigfoot and ghosts and all that stuff. And if you want to hear more of it, let me know. <laughs> I've got more. <laughs> hey, you've been listening to your host, Teresa Parker, and Soup Pod, and I hope you have a good day. I love you. Well, hello, everyone. This is Mrs. Brussels Sprout. I'm coming to you live from Hollywood, California, where not only do I eat my vegetables, I listen to Soup Pod, and you must listen too, because it has vegetables for the brain to gnaw on while you sip your vodka. Duh? Mrs. Russell Sprout has spoken.